coming to you live from a darkened closet at the KLRN Studios. <laughs> it's me, Molly Cox, uh, and you are listening to The Story Goes, a collaborative podcast between SA2020, the nonprofit that drives progress toward San Antonio's shared community vision, and KLRN, your local public television station. Uh, and with me today, as always, is Kieran Corbaines, who also works at SA2020, and our guest today, David Zemiello. I was saying it exactly like I had Perfect. to. I was Perfect. like putting like an Italian spin on it for you. Love I felt it. good. I felt Sopranos like <laughs> um, in that one. Um, and uh, today we're going to talk to David about uh, Project Quest, which um, I will frame here in just a second to sort of talk more specifically mm. about you know the story within San Antonio about education and workforce and understanding sort of the need for helping our homegrown workforce get the jobs that are available to them today mm -hmm. and project quest plays a huge role in that but i think more specifically i want to talk about how um like many um major initiatives in san antonio i don't want to name names but also sa 2020 <laughs> um there's like a national focus on how amazing your organization is mm -hmm. doing they, this is like a model a national model and in san antonio uh it's not making as loud uh, of an impact even mm -hmm. though it's creating impact, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about it every single day. So I want to talk more specifically about sort of the programs that you offer and what you do. But um, I, I think it's important. We keep talking about education and economic development in San Antonio, Texas. And we know that we have a workforce challenge, that we are not producing um, the people who can fill the jobs that are currently available. Mm -hmm. And it's something around our education system and our current workforce development process. Mm -hmm. um, and Project Quest does the thing. Mm -hmm. Before we do a deeper dive into Project Quest, David, can you tell us more about your own leadership? I know before leading Project Quest, you for three decades were at USAA. Mm -hmm. What made you mm -hmm. switch over to the nonprofit mm -hmm. sector? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I yeah, really appreciate absolutely. the opportunity. Of course. It, it is a kind of an interesting story, but I did spend 32 years at USA, mm -hmm. retired as an executive in 2016. But even my time through USA, I was involved in work around human resources, professional development, people development. There was always an underlying passion and interest for that. So I just came to a point in my life that I felt it was time to uh, the next chapter, to kick into the next chapter. So I, I said it was time to to exit the corporate life. And mm -hmm. I was very intrigued and passionate about the idea of education mm -hmm. and workforce development and said, how could that be uh, something I can get involved with from a community impact standpoint? Mm -hmm. And so I did. I, I retired in uh, December of 2016 and was enjoying life really, really well. Mm -hmm. Got a phone call four months later that uh, offered this opportunity to me about Project Quest. And the interesting thing to your point, Molly, was when uh, the opportunity was presented, I didn't know what Project Quest was <laughs> as an organization. And yeah. I've been in the community for 50 years. But when I saw what the mission was and the impact that it was having on people's lives and really transforming them, it spoke to me. And mm. so this is a place where I think I could add some value with my background. So one thing led to another. And lo and behold, I was hired in June of 2017. And it's been a little over two years, but a, a great journey. Hopefully I've been able to bring some of my corporate experience, if you will, to 
project quest. Of but, course. Uh, it's been a, a great journey. You, um, We're going to slip just momentarily into this sort of narrative of like, oh, the corporate sector sometimes mm -hmm. retires mm -hmm. super fancy executives and then they think, oh, I'm going to go and I'll go help a nonprofit. You know, there's that like mm -hmm. narrative that occurs. Mm -hmm. And when you and I first met, uh, like and had a chat about it mm -hmm. you I, I think were like I'm ready to give back I was mm -hmm. wanting to shift out of the corporate mm -hmm. sector and see what my next chapter was and had no interest in like going into the nonprofit sector it wasn't that you were like oh hey I'm gonna go be a CEO now nope. um and then you did and it uh mm -hmm. was um hella harder than you thought <laughs> yeah so so the, the, to, to continue that thought process yeah my uh my thought was that uh, how can I give back to the community yeah and and, uh, and I thought there was many different ways that that could occur it just so happened through coincidence that the project quest opportunity presented itself yeah and so I didn't come out of my corporate life with this idea that said it's going to be mm. a nonprofit right. I'm not going to mm -hmm. you know I'm going to be whatever came my way I yeah. was interested this is the opportunity that presented mm -hmm. itself but once I looked into it and and it's funny I tell people this and this may sound I said, how hard could this be? You know, this, uh, and so it was probably the intersection of arrogance and ignorance. It said, this can't be that hard. <laughs> well, it's also just like the dominant narrative, right? Yeah. Like nonprofits are yeah. those cute little organizations. <laughs> and right? I will tell you this, and you and I talked about this. That's right. Humbled beyond belief. <laughs> humbled beyond belief. It's the hardest that I've worked mm -hmm. uh, with a, a different sense of uh, accomplishment that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. I have a great deal of respect for the mm -hmm. people that, uh, work in the nonprofit sector, their hearts, their compassion to make our community a better place is amazing. And so I have grown as a as a person and professionally just through the last two years with uh, with uh, my exposure to Project Quest and the people that we work with. You're welcome that Project Quest also helped you in workforce development. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's helping everyone. Yeah. Never too, it's never, never too late. You can always step up. That's right. I appreciate hearing you talk about the combination of arrogance and ignorance. I had someone tell me once uh, before taking on a job that I was very excited about that <laughs> I had the perfect amount of naivety and brain <laughs> to take on a job. And it was like both an insult and a compliment at the same time. Yeah. I, th there's some, there's a story in Project Quest that is so compelling, beginning with its history. Mm. Tell us about how Project Quest was born mm -hmm. and how it remains very grassroots and community-based. And that is a very important part mm. of just the San Antonio story. Right. So as I said, when I learned about Project Quest and saw the mission, it drew me in. Mm -hmm. But if you back up and look at the mm -hmm. origin of Project Quest, it's an amazing story. So you go back to the early 90s, and I, and I tip my hat to our COPS Metro, the city, uh, Citizens Organized for Public Service and COPS Metro and our city government back in that day, which was the early 90s. If you think about what happened, there was a, a closure of manufacturing plants, Levi Strauss and plants like that. And a lot of the uh, employees there didn't have transferable skills for the new jobs of the future. Mm. So there was a built up demand of how do we think about workforce training for these individuals who spoke to uh, their parishes, and one thing led to another. Cops Metro got involved, mobilized the resources to say there needs to be uh, a workforce training program in this community. They then partnered and worked with the city at the time. Uh, Nelson Wolf was the mayor, and then um, Mr. Tom Frost and Mr. Uh, Charlie Cheever got involved, and those four entities came together to create Project Quest, which became the first of its kind of workforce development program to be funded primarily by the city of San Antonio. So mm. if you think about how Quest was stood up, it was a grassroots organization that Cops Metro gave birth to Project Quest, funded by our local government. And mm. so you go over the 25, 27 years now of history, 
and that relationship has uh, maintained itself. Cops Metro is very involved with Quest, but the success we've had is a combination of, I think, our Cops Metro support and the city government being that constant uh, funding process. Yeah, I find that such an interesting sort of beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Because we talk all the time about our city government not being in the business of workforce, and Mm -hmm. yet here it has stood up this amazing organization that is not only helping people figure out uh, different transferable skills, Mm -hmm. but y'all have uh, continuously evolved as community need has evolved Mm -hmm. um, and sort of shifted the way in which your model is uh, is done. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that the city continues to be uh, pretty significant significant partner for y'all is, I think, an interesting story in and of itself, right? That our local government has taken a a very serious partnership role in uh, creating opportunities for Mm -hmm. our local Mm -hmm. workforce. Mm -hmm. And I think it also generates the conversation more philosophically about, is this a good use of public dollars? Right. Yes. And so as I've entered into this arena and had these conversations, when I talk about how hard the role can be, it is communication and collaboration and demonstrating that there is a human side to this, but there's also a a, a business side about how you are impacting the community. So I tip my hat off to the founders Mm -hmm. who created the idea, the support of people like Mr. Tom Frost and Mr. Charlie Cheever uh, and other organizations, and then really building a relationship with our city council to give them uh, confidence that these public dollars are being invested wisely. And when we talk about workforce development just in a more macro level, yeah. I think it's really important to say Quest has had a proven track record for 27 years. <laughs> but our role is it's a role in a broader workforce development yes. discussion. Right. So what I find beautiful about what we do is if you think about our local community and our people and the individuals that fall into the description of underemployed, unemployed, underskilled, who are looking for an opportunity to improve their station in life. Mm-hmm. Quest can become and does become that lifeline that says if a person has the desire and will to invest in themselves, this becomes a pathway for them to do so. And I think that when you look at the local workforce and saying we've got uh, so many new jobs coming on over the next uh, 10 years or so, but we've got people here that can do more than they're doing. Yeah. And so why not give them an opportunity to do so? And that's what I think what Project Quest represents. It's a it's a sense of hope in giving people a chance to live with dignity and empower them to to move forward in their life that I think is unique. And that's why I think uh, we get the national recognition that we have when we look at other cities. The way we're doing it here in San Antonio with Project Quest is different, and it's been sustainable because of mm. the relationship between COPS Metro and the city government. So it is unique, and I think we have a – to continue to celebrate and invest in what we're doing. Yeah, this sort of amazing public-private mm-hmm. partnership. It's also this like yes and conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We need to recruit people from out of town. We understand that. It's mm-hmm. why San Antonio is one of the top cities mm-hmm. for college-educated millennial growth. And at the same time, we're the most income-segregated city. And we see per capita income just within a 10-mile radius nearly doubles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I live in District 5, City Council District 5 versus on the west side versus City mm-hmm. Council District mm-hmm. 9 on mm-hmm. sort of north central, that there's like such a gap in Mm -hmm. the way that we're working. So uh, Project Quest sort of offers us the opportunity to do this yes and conversation. Yeah, there's also a yes and in in the way that your programs are designed and your services are delivered. That is, um, when we're having conversations about nonprofits or funders or philanthropy, sometimes we start using a lot of jargon. I know I'm guilty of this too, around talking about continuums of care and holistic approaches and various (laughs) frameworks. And when, when you look at 
Northwest's work. Y'all are so obviously saying, oh, in order to um, run a successful nationally competitive retraining program, it's in addition to tuition, it's childcare assistance, mm-hmm. it's rent and utility support, mm-hmm. it's bus passes. There's such a clear understanding of what it means to make an impact mm-hmm. um, and the full breadth of what it takes for someone to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's such an intentionality and deliberateness to how you're delivering those the programs that you deliver. Which, I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it just, I was going to add, it just seems obvious to me that you would operate in that in that way when it's rooted in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what makes Quest unique, I was, I was just asked this question the other day that, yes, there is language that we use, wraparound services, right, continuous right, support. Right, right. But in reality, when you think about impact, those kind of ideas, however you refer, refer to them, yes. that's what makes the difference. Absolutely. So again, yeah. my learning, and I do say this has been the learning for the last mm. 24 months, is to have an impact, it has to have an intentionality to it. That's right. I use the words intense, intentional intervention in mm. people's lives. And it isn't just a financial discussion, but the, the services that we provide. And what I think what makes Quest unique and successful is that we are intentional in building a relationship with our participants. And we stay with them from the time they join our program to whatever training program they're going to finish to the time they're ready for a job. And, and that is different because that takes uh, a lot of effort to be that involved in someone's life. And then if they mm-hmm. if they have situations that are fragile where they need child care support, mm-hmm. gas for the car, whatever those are, we're, sure, we're there to break down those barriers and make sure they're successful. There's something very specific about, we talk about this all the time, right, that uh, community conditions take time to change, that outcomes take time, right? If we're doing shifts in our community, it takes longer than, Mm -hmm. here's your year's worth of funding, go Mm -hmm. make all the changes happen. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, a person comes into our program, it's going to, one, we need to know who this person is. We're building a relationship. We're making sure that we're helping across the board. It's not just, hey, we'll put you in this program and you'll get your Mm -hmm. certificate and we'll see you later, right? It's how are we making sure that they are fully um, supported in the work that they're doing. And I'm curious, uh, I know you've been around 27 years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the conversation that you're having, not only with your funders, but the fact that the city also supports it, it it shows, right, that the city is investing in sort of long-term strategies. Mm -hmm. And yet, when we talk about the city government, we're consistently talking about short-term, quick widget Mm -hmm. counting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a... it feels interesting to me that the city has invested as long as it has mm-hmm. in a program that understands long-term investment and that mm-hmm. it's going to take a minute for us to see some serious outcomes out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about that relationship for y'all. Well, I think that uh, what's important about that is just uh, education. So again, my learning has been we've had to work over that hump, that discussion, to do a better job of, of explaining what does Quest actually do and sure, how does that sure. short-term versus long-term uh-huh. uh, process actually work? Yeah. So Quest, by definition, is referred to as a long-term training program. Right. So you're going to put somebody and right. they're going to be in a program for 22 months to finish up and move on. But, you know, what's I think really important is that times have changed. So the ideas that started when Quest started in the 90s about workforce training. Times anything, have changed. Clothing has changed. Everything's changed. <laughs> I changed. Hair I don't is different. My hair. <laughs> it's all white now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but being able to convey that the idea that we were just strictly a long-term training program, we are, but we approach it totally differently. Yeah. So it's a, it's a funny place to be where you're having to say, trust me, mm. we're going to demonstrate the outcomes along the mm. way. Yeah. But you have to be able to show some 
intermittent touch points sure. that you're that you're you're tracking towards the progress. And I think we've gotten we've gotten much better at I think informing and educating on those things. So when you were talking about in your opening the the national recognition that Quest has received, that has been very consistent for really the, the the history of Quest. I do think in the last several years we've done a better job of telling our story locally. Right. And to our to our and our point of view is to be out there and be more collaborative. So the more collaborative we are, the more that we're partnering, I think the awareness level comes and then the appreciation or recognition that the program's having an impact is is being more widespread through the community. At SA twenty twenty you call this celebrating incremental change, which I appreciate a lot because we know it takes time to do whole systems change. So when we're talking about things like education and workforce development, that takes it's, it's our life's work and mm-hmm. also it takes decades mm-hmm. to change systems. This is this is reminding me of the there's a, a New York Times coverage, there's national coverage recently about mm-hmm. Quest's work and how it is nationally competitive. And part of the narrative, um, both in this coverage and I would imagine that follows Quest, given what you're sharing with us in terms of affecting change and how much it even costs to run programs like this or how they get funded. So part of this narrative says it costs eleven thousand dollars per person, which if you're short sighted in that perspective, mm-hmm. um, that might seem outrageous to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yet y'all are, as you said, documenting what that return on investment looks like. Walk us mm-hmm. through that as it relates to also celebrating incremental change. So it's it's been fascinating to that $11,000 number. We worked over the last year or so to really, because that was the question I was getting. So there is an investment in Quest from a funding standpoint. Mm-hmm. What is the, what does it cost to put somebody through the program? And I, and I correct the language and say, uh, it's not a cost; it's an investment. So we're right. we're investing eleven thousand mm-hmm. dollars in a person over the duration of their time with us, whether mm-hmm. it's in the healthcare field or information technology, the trades. And the question was, well, is that a good return on investment? So if you do the simple math that I walk people through, most of the people that we're touching, about sixty-five percent fall below the federal poverty line, mm-hmm. right? So you think about their starting point from an income. And most of the pre-participants uh, come to us are making eleven or twelve thousand dollars a year, and are in some form of public assistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So twenty-two months later, as you've finished your educational track and you are now in a job paying forty-two or forty-three thousand dollars a year, you can see the simple math that says the funding that we provide to them to make them uh, whole through their training, and they then. Uh, get to an income of forty two or forty three thousand dollars. Right. That's an annuity that pays back to the community. So the quest the simple question, if you give me eleven thousand dollars and twenty two months later that's forty two thousand dollars. Right. And it's an annuity it's going to continue to invest. Is that a good investment in a person? And I think that it's obvious that that, that really is because that individual now is not uh, uh, taxed with um, uh, being on social services, but they're able to contribute. And and so there's a dynamic to that it goes into saying, is that a good investment? And we broke it down in a way that said that is, and it varies a little bit. So if $11,000 is a good talking point, but it can range from 10000 to 12000 depending on the duration of the program, if they're working in healthcare, if they're taking a training in information technology or cybersecurity, mm-hmm. or if they're in the trades field. But I, I think that it's it puts some light on it and says, that's a good investment in a person who's going to change their life 
their family's life, and then contribute to the community in a different way. We produced um, the SA2020 Opportunity Dividend with uh, CEOs for cities, and we had talked about this originally, that if San Antonio decreased its poverty rate by 1%, which is uh, about 22,000 people, mm -hmm. that uh, the San Antonio MSA region could save about $400 million in anti-poverty spending, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, the idea that uh, you are moving people out of poverty um, it, and I'm thinking about the numbers, right? 1% is just 22,000 people. And as we've seen yet again, like our poverty rate in San Antonio um, is depending on how we're looking at it from a our, whether it's inside the three-year average or mm -hmm. not, right? Mm -hmm. So we're looking at margins of error, et cetera. It's either flatlined or it's getting worse or it could be mildly shifting. Um, but 22,000 people and the amount of people that you're serving every single year, you're immediately, there's mil, $400 million that mm -hmm. we could potentially mm -hmm. be saving in San Antonio mm -hmm. just based on Project Quest's mm -hmm. work alone. I get the question a lot, uh, how can you scale? How, and, and so... Funding is a mm -hmm. factor for the mm -hmm. scaling. So to your question, we're serving about 1,100 people on average a year. Yeah. We're producing. So the, the main measure for our success and impact of the community is we're producing about 350 graduates who are placed in jobs every year. Okay. And so if you think about that right there, that's yeah. 350 folks right. that are now employed. And we've been pretty consistent you know, with that number. The thing I point out is uh, another question I get sometimes is are there other agencies that provide similar type work. And, and Molly, you know this as well as I do. There is many nonprofits in this community doing amazingly uh, fantastic work. Yeah. And some actually work with us in the nonprofit space. So the question I get back or the answer I say is, if can we scale? I say, can the whole workforce ecosystem hmm. scale? Yeah. Because I think that we can do our part, but we're a part of the discussion. We're not the sole provider, but we're, we're part of the wor local workforce optimization strategy. But working with other partners, I think those kind of numbers, if we kind of collectively looked at a way of how these piece parts work together, um, it can have that kind of impact. And I think that's where Quest has really tried to change its mindset. We're outward focused, collaboration with other partners, how do we tell our story and how do we use our services to make the larger workforce ecosystem work for everybody? It, it's such an amazing, again, like if we're talking about sort of how the story or the dominant narrative of things are, right, is that, no, nonprofits are just all duplicating. They're just all creating the same. And I'm like, oh, they're wait. Yeah, it's yeah. such a continuum of care, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why the collaborations are mm -hmm. so important. It's how we're able to expand and increase reach um, mm -hmm. is that your focus is with these 350 people who then are passed off to, right? Like there's mm -hmm. so much of a continuum continuum that's going on. And I, um, the idea that you are sort of outwardly looking at who else is working in this ecosystem mm -hmm. and how can we better partner with them? Um, are, do you have like major collaborations that are like your, your, the bread and butter of Project Quest? We do. And so if you think about that idea, and I'll name a few just to give you an example. So we've had a great relationship with Avance over mm -hmm. several years. And yeah. so how does that relationship mm -hmm. work? Well, uh, their clients who are ready for uh, uh, an educational opportunity to improve their station, they become referred to Project Quest. Mm -hmm. And so that's just one example. But our expanding our network and making sure that our partners out there, classic example, just yesterday, and I'll give a shout out to the San Antonio Food Bank. You know, Eric uh, Cooper reached out and said, let's sit down and have a conversation about how we can partner. And so those are the kind of things that we're now entertaining that yeah. said, how do we bring our services to be an extension, if you would, of maybe the food bank services right, yes. or what Avanti is offering. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about with the mm -hmm. collaboration mm -hmm. and the synergy mm -hmm. is 
building those relationships. And so that is how we're trying to present ourselves. And I think the, the, the larger discussion and the, the, the community is open to that. And I think we're, we're slowly moving towards that. We've just decided that we're going to be very intentional in, in saying how we can get out there and, and help support it. Yeah, there's something that you said very specifically about how um, it's not just workforce development, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and I think the conversations that we're having even locally when we speak about sort of how how are we tackling something as complex as poverty in mm -hmm. a community that has high levels of poverty, one of the most impoverished zip codes in the United States, most income segregated, right? We can go on and on. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge consistently is giving a person a job does not get them completely out of poverty. It's not breaking intergenerational poverty. Mm -hmm. It's having these conversations like you're having, right? Mm -hmm. If the food bank is talking about how do we collaborate with a mm -hmm. workforce development mm -hmm. um, organization, or if you're speaking about like how does, how does Yvonne say mm -hmm. and Project Quest work better together, mm -hmm. it's again, creating these sort of wraparound services and understanding it's not just the job, it's mm -hmm. how are we helping people? And I'd be remiss if I'd even point out, so the great work that Dr. Flores is doing at Alamo College yeah. is- Yeah, I mean, uh, that guy. He's doing yeah. all right. When, when, when we talk about training, uh, to be clear, when we talk about training, more than half of the Quest participants are actually students at SAC, St. Philip's, right. Palo Alto. Right. Right. Okay. So again, as a workforce collaborator, we don't do the training, right. but we partner to make sure the training gets done. But the difference is, is again, we're hands-on with those particular students, making sure they finish their programs. And so again, the, the spirit of all of that seems to be you know, working in a direction that I think is unique to San Antonio and gives mm -hmm. us a fighting chance to really have a long-term impact. My impression is that as folks around the country are looking at San Antonio, they're looking at Project Quest as a unicorn and saying, oh, th this is an outlier. We don't see this kind of impact or these kinds of numbers. If we know what it takes, then how come? Mm -hmm. Why isn't this happening everywhere? I think there's a, a, a will factor. So I'll give you mm. a couple examples. Back to so the New York Times article that came out in mm -hmm. August. And I'll, I'll make a plug here just because I find it kind of fascinating. So the article comes out, and one thing I didn't count for is the rush of inquiries that came oh, across the country. Okay. Mm. So uh, the Family Justice Center out of Oklahoma is one example, or okay. a workforce agency out of New York City. Hey, we want to talk to you guys. How do you do what you do? <laughs> Why? And can you come talk to us and yeah. give us some insight to that? And and the thing that I would tell them, and I will tell them, is you for an organization like Quest, you've got to have that community backbone support, mm. first and foremost. And so... Uh, the uh, support that we get from Cops Metro as a stakeholder gives us a foundation to build right. upon. Of course. And then you've got to have some commitment from your local government. Right. I mean, not just lip service, but commitment right. that they're going to stay with the program and give you a chance to get it up and running. Yeah. If you don't have that community support, that backbone and that kind, you can't really get off the ground. And the, and the article, just to kind of finish the thought, we probably got almost uh, two dozen different inquiries that we're vetting through right now that says, okay, how can we help? inform other communities about what Quest has done. And I found it really kind of cool that we, a foundation out of California, just uh, wrote us a letter and a check and said, uh, hey, you guys are doing great work. Here's a donation for $125,000. Yes, we agree. And I said, yes, <laughs> we are. We'll take that. Thank you. Next, please. Oh, we appreciate that. Yeah, oh, right. Wow. So, so a lot of good things, and I think that's also good for San Antonio. Yes. So, so yes. The, the point that I try to tell folks is yeah. that we're focused on what's good for the community. So yeah. the recognition that Quest gets, we're promoting San Antonio. So the article in yes. New York Times, if you notice it, it said something about workforce must see how San Antonio yes. does yeah. it. Yes. And that gives us, I think, an, a different perspective as a community that says we're trying to figure this out. And there's organizations here working on it. And we're willing to share uh, in a way that maybe gives us a different um, 
platform than other communities. It's so people powered first. I think it's like the grounded in human beings, mm-hmm. understanding that mm-hmm. human beings are, are different and need different things mm-hmm. um, is such a smart. And I'll just say this, Maya, just to kind of make sure that I, I finish all my thoughts on this, but what makes Quest really drive is our is our staff. Mm. And so our career coaches and what they give of themselves to make sure these people are successful, it's beyond just your more of a traditional uh, case management discussion. So there's a lot of piece parts yeah. that as I've got into it over the last two years, this, I, like I said, my learning has been, wow, what did I get myself into? But wow, this is really beautiful in a way. And I think the impact, so it ranges from our board to the COPS Metro support to the city, to our staff, to make it work. And then our approach is to be more collaborative out there and work in the community more for the greater good. David, we like to end every podcast with like a call to action. Um, and we force that upon you as we've been talking. So you haven't had any time to think about it. And we say, give us the call to action. It's our favorite part um, is to set, set you up with that. Um, we want to make sure that everybody knows that anything that we talk about today on the podcast is obviously available to you at klrn.org slash the story goes. Um, but what's like somebody's listening, just heard about Project Quest for the first time or didn't or got more information than they'd ever heard before. What's your call to action for them? I'll tell you what, if you would um, actually, if you're listening, you want to go to www.quest.org essay.org. There is a a great amount of information there. We have our annual event coming up. Our our annual luncheon is on November 5th at the Witty. It's where the community comes together. It's where Quest gives out its report card to the community. If you're interested in wanting to know more about that, go to the website, think about coming to the luncheon, supporting it, learning more about Quest. I think you'll see it's a very collective, collaborative effort, and that's one way to kind of get more involved. You also wouldn't... um Turn up your nose at a one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar check from no, a no. matching yeah. grant. Yeah. Okay, the call that everybody, everybody wrote a check. <laughs> if one hundred twenty-five thousand people wrote one dollar check, I'm good. Excellent. We'll take all. That's brilliant. <laughs> I appreciate so much uh, the intentionality with which Project Quest yes. works, and the fact that you are creating these ripples of of change in our community. Um, and I, I'm like happy that you're an SA Twenty Twenty partner. We're and happy to be on. And you're pretty all right. As a human. So are you. Thanks. I mean, I try. (laughs) Kieran, did I miss anything? No, we got it. We got it all. Yeah, I think it. our I think our whisper is intense, intentional, intentional intervention. Intervention. Yeah, but we have to do it. Let's see if we can do it all together. Okay. Don't forget klrn.org/slash the story goes. Um, I, yeah, let's see. We, if, can we do it all together on the count of three? Wait, intense, intentional intense intervention? intervention. I got it. Okay, one, two, three. Intense, intense intentional, intentional intervention. intervention.